0: Welcome back back to to the the Why Why God Podcast. Hello, I'm Isaac. I'm Josiah. And you, listener, have just found your way onto the greatest podcast you are going to hear all day today. Thank you for tuning in as we tackle the biggest question every human should ask in their life. My God. <laughs> I mean, that's probably not the topic right now today, but everything's connected.
1: I thought the topic was going to be our, our relationships then.
0: <laughs> oh. Jessica. Mm. My God. Okay, well, so what God. do we got today?
1: <laughs> um, last week, we went more into depth about putting God first. But we were going more on the route of how to put God first in a way where the church or like, abusive leaders or cult members can't abuse you in the church and can't manipulate you Mm. in order to not be manipulated or to fall into those traps or lies you have to put the bible first make sure you're read up even with us make sure you read the bible don't just listen to everything we're saying but you can check us or you can read it for yourself or in order to not fall into lies and just believing what everybody says. Read it for yourselves.
0: Mhm, mhm. So simple. It's like gossip, even. You could pull, you could pull up to somebody. You could cause a complete argument without actually. Like somebody who doesn't know anything. And I know that makes no sense. But let's say if you had a, if we had a friend, basically putting this very simple terms, if we had a friend. And I went up to them and I was like, "Hey, Josiah said he hates you." When you never said that at all, Mm. they would be like, oh my gosh, Josiah hates me. And they'd be like, yeah, Josiah said it's because your shoes are ugly. Then they'd be like, oh my gosh, I got to change my shoes or whatever. Or they'd be like, I hate Josiah. I'm going to throw my shoes at Josiah now. But literally, what if you never said that at all? And so simply put, that happens so much in everything and anything. And the church and the Bible or the church is not excluded from, I guess, having those problems. And a lot of times some pastors will say, Maybe they don't even realize they say things, but they'll be like, God says this about us. And then everybody who doesn't read their Bible goes on believing that because they haven't read the Bible enough to be like, wait a second, the Bible never said that, or God never says that. And so, yeah, how do you deal with something like that? You make sure you're connected to that source. Mm. Prayed up, laid up, baby. Amen. It's simple.
1: But... On today's podcast, we want to go more into the volunteer side. How churches, when you're volunteering, sometimes churches will say, put God first. And in order to do that, to carry out your calling, you should volunteer more. You should do more for the church. But, you know, me and you, you've grew up in church our whole lives, volunteering, helping out, and even working here too. Mm-hmm. Or working at church. So I want to go more into more in depth about volunteering the good parts and the bad parts and maybe what we can put into action if we're we're the leaders, if we're leading kids or other adults, if we are starting that process of finding volunteers under us. But a part of that is understanding what it is to be a part of the body of Christ, that everyone has a role in the church, whether you believe so or not, whether that's within like the building or whether that's, you know, in the wild, being a missionary or, you know, like being the best person you can be in your own job. So I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 27, which talks about 12, 12. the Sorry. body of Christ. No, gotta get it. <laughs> it says one body, but many parts. Verse 12, there is one body, but it but it has many parts but all its many parts make up one body. It is the same with Christ. We were all baptized by one Holy Spirit, and so we are formed into the body. It didn't matter where we were Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free people. We were all given the same spirit to drink, so the body is not made up of just one part. It has many parts. Suppose the foot says, I am not a hand, so I do not belong to the body. By saying this, it cannot stop being a part of the body. And suppose the ear says, I am not an eye, so I don't belong to the body. By saying this, it cannot stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, how could it hear? If the whole body were an ear, how could it smell? God has placed each part in the body just as he wanted to be. If all the parts were the same, how could there be a body? As it is, there are many parts, but there is only one body. The I can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the, to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, it is just the opposite. The parts of the body that seem to be weaker are the ones we can't do without. Mm. The parts we think are less important we treat with special honor. The private parts aren't shown. But they are... Tra- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry.
0: Well, what translation <laughs> are you reading out here?
1: With a passion? Just kidding. That's <laughs> the devil. But they are treated with special care. The parts that, can't, that can be shown don't need special care. But God has put together all the parts of the body, and he has given more honor to the parts that didn't have any. In that way, the parts of the body will not take size. All, all of them will take care of one another. If one part suffer, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part shares in its joy. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. Thoughts, Isaac?
0: Well, wow, that is a mouthful. I think it's beautiful. (laughs) I think it's, well, it's talking more. It's talking about more than just volunteers and how we address it. Obviously, it applies, but it's just a really nice picture of, like, what Unity does and looks like. And the benefit of, like, the differences in Unity. And how like we don't all have to be the exact same thing, and we don't have to all look exactly the same, in order for us to be fully operational, if that makes sense. I'm mm-hmm. and I'm speaking a lot towards like somebody who might be discouraged because they're in church and they're like, oh man, I'm I have I have stage fright, so I'll never get on a stage to speak about God. Or there's somebody who yeah like that who's just maybe not extroverted. And they're like, I'll never be able to evangelize like the way that some people do on the street, just talking to talking to strangers and really getting them to come to Christ. And like, so it's so easy for us to get discouraged when we're comparing ourselves to other people, especially when it's when it's like, Oh, they're doing such great things for God. And we think, Oh, because I don't have this attribute or I don't have this character or I haven't done this thing. I'm not good enough, or I haven't done enough for God, or God thinks less of me. When really, like, it's okay. It's okay to be different. And I'm not saying don't do nothing, but it, like, what does that verse in 17 says? It says, "If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? And if the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell?" And so it's like, if there's if there's a pastor who's really good at speaking. Well, they can't play an instrument at all then we just have all these people who are really good at speaking but maybe we're lacking in that musical worship singing praises of god lifting mm-hmm. it up and even deeper than that there's things like like oh i'm not super outgoing i'm not good at inviting people or like getting or just meeting strangers on the street but what if you're really good at developing them and pushing them to pray more and like developing them spiritually and emotionally, like? and really challenging them in their walk as they go deeper with Christ. And so it's like that like there's and even like people who support the church and like like open up their homes to letting people who maybe don't have like crazy big homes or things to mm-hmm. just to share with them in order for them to have that space. I think it's cool because it shows like we're better off not being the same but working together because we're not the same. Like, where you lack, I have strength. Or where I lack, you have strength. And so I think it's just this really, I think it's a really beautiful picture of um, how every, everyone is connected, but they don't have to be exactly alike.
1: It's like that complementarianism. And usually when that term is used, it's just for like a husband and a wife. But what I'm saying is that we're all equally valuable. Amen. But we have our different roles to play we have our different strengths to play that complement one each other um Mm -hmm. for example we have children's church or and we have like a pastoral preachers on the stage they are both very important Mm -hmm. and some people think like one is lower than than another or hospitality oh i don't want to do that i want to do something big i want to be on the stage and do worship. But. They're both equally valuable to the church. Yeah. Like there I know there's some children church teachers that cannot preach or they can't go on stage. Mm-hmm. But also I know some pastors that can't teach children. Mm-hmm. I know some pastors that don't raise their children. Ouch. And that's just as important, <laughs> especially if your family is your first ministry. Mhm. So it's all equal, equally yeah. important even if that's not your strength or it's not as in front of other people as you may like it to be.
0: Amen. I think it's interesting too, because we come to this idea and it's hard to get away from this. Even for myself, it's hard to get away from this idea that like the church is more than just the building or like not the building, but just what goes on on Sunday. And not even talking about like oh there's a difference between what we do during the week and what we do during on sunday but like how we operate is like children's church or worship or hospitality or preaching like there's all this amazing stuff but there's all this world that goes down like even if you're sitting in the congregation you're still a part of the that body Mm. of the church like you are still a part of the body of christ like if you just come and attend Even if you're not serving nothing, not doing anything, you're still a part of the church and you still represent the church and ultimately God when you're working at your desk job or when you're out in the street or Mm. in Walmart, like you're still representing and you're still a part of the body, even when you're there and whatever you're doing there, whatever gifts you have, whatever gifts God has given you are still in full action, like Whether you are raising your kids, like you're still a part of the body of church. And it's crazy because it's like when you commit your life to Christ, you're not just saying, like, okay, I'm a Christian now and I go to church and I help out and all this stuff. But it's like you're committing, it's a commitment of your life and like everything you do from the way you like speak to a stranger to how you just do your job that you're doing it unto God. And so I think it's like, or when you, I don't know in everything, you're, you've you committed your life to Christ, so it's like, when, even if you're not serving in the church, and even if you're just out in public, you're still representing the body in everything you do, and so I think that is something super important, because I feel like we forget that sometimes, and we're just like, oh yeah, this is my service, or this is my duty, it's like, oh, it's kind of, it's like your whole life, it's like who you are now, it's like, you're you're grafted into this family so it's Mm. interesting like you represent you represent god as much as like an honor shame culture would represent their family you know like japanese cultures how they like they present themselves with their last name first and then their first name Mm. and so it's like and people call them by their last name and so it's like everything you do is a reflection upon your family and i think like as being a part of the body, everything you do is a reflection upon Christ. And so it's like maybe you're lifting your hands up in in church, but you're cussing out your neighbor on the road. And so it's like like even then there we should be serving we should be serving God. And I know that doesn't really connect too much to the the whole body analogy, but like everything we do is a goes back to representing Christ.
1: Well, it kind of does relate and <laughs> take the tangent a little take bit it. more off. But uh, which verse? Okay. I, I deleted the tab for the verse. But the verse is the <laughs> one that says to offer your body as a living sacrifice. Hmm. And what I find, so what I like about the verse is that it's an oxymoron. And if you're, li- if you're listening and you don't know what an
0: oxymoron. Oxy,
1: it's not a bad word. Not an insult, but it means that there's two words that mean the opposite, like in the same sentence. If you're saying, um, a cold fire, or sense, or I don't know, like
0: (laughs) yeah, cold fire makes hot snow, (laughs) or I don't know, I, I don't know, a working broken machine, yeah, something like that. Like it just doesn't make sense because the two can't describe each other. Yeah,
1: it can't happen at the same time, but yet it does. And when when the Bible says, offer your body as a living sacrifice, I was thinking, that's so interesting to say a living sacrifice because a sacrifice already implies that it's dead. Mm -hmm. Like how when they sacrifice a lamb or a goat Mm -hmm. on top of the altar, they're offering a dead sacrifice because they had to kill it. But God says to offer your body as a living sacrifice. 'Cause Jesus is also or I don't know, this may be off, but like a living sacrifice in the terms that like he died, <laughs> but he's also you know, he's alive. living, he's alive. In us. So like we don't have to die physically, but we have to die to ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: in that way, wait, we we are still living, but we are dead to ourselves. And now we're um alive in him. Yeah, we're showing our works to God out of the love and faith that He has given us and allowed us to show. What? How <laughs> does that relate to volunteering? It relates
0: because sometimes, uh, I don't even know. You want to take a look? At- yeah, dude. Because sometimes we can get lost in the sauce of serving, of still serving man, even yes. though it's God as the front and like especially when we talk just church churchy church church stuff a lot of people are hurt i feel like i've had this conversation um in the podcast a couple times already but like if if our sacrifice and all our hard work is to the church and not to christ there's still a disconnect there like Mm. if if our sacrifice is like, oh, I'm doing this thing or whatever, I'm donating um, my time and my efforts so that we can see this thing at church happen, like whatever it is, if it's for the church and the people of the church, it's great and it's amazing. But if, you're, if your goal is just for them and for them to see like, oh, look how much I can sacrifice for the for my pastor, like he's so amazing, like I want him to see how like holy I am because I am giving up these things or I'm doing these things at the church and I'm always here all week or whatever it is. like is. You're still not putting God first in that in a way. And mm-hmm. it, I, I think it sounds too harsh than how I'm saying it. And I don't want it to mean like don't serve any, or anywhere do anything because that's, that's far, far from the point. But like if our eyes aren't focused and fixed on God – then what do we do? We fall into this works based, works based faith again, as it being like our, what is the word I'm trying to look for? Like a um, motivation, our motivation approval kind of yeah. like it's, it I, like affirmation. I forget what it's like. Some a word, but it's like this is where we find our like our joy and where we feel approved and affirmed and like from we're just looking for other people to praise us basically yeah. in our righteousness which is which then becomes like a self-righteous idea mm-hmm. and i think like that's why it comes down to like too like who ultimately are you serving like are we serving man or are we serving god are we serving ourselves are we serving like the ideas because to you even you even see it in the bible like i forget what i was reading but it was something in the old testament hezekiah tore down this statue of the bronze snake mm-hmm. i don't know if it was hezekiah i'm sorry it was I'm not sure so this bronze, the bronze snake that when the israelites long time ago when they were in the wilderness and they're the israelites being knuckleheads as usual. And they're like, ah, God, and they're complaining and all this stuff. God sends a bunch of snakes to bite them. And so then he tells Moses, he's like, Hey dude, build a snake. And then they're all crying and whatever, but they all did it to themselves and yada, yada. God's like, Hey Moses, build a, build this thing, uh, a snake um, on a, on a pole basically. And every time they look at it, they'll be healed. Right. Mm-hmm. But then fast forward down in the future, they start worshiping the snake statue. They turn it
1: into an idol.
0: They turn it into an idol. And it's like, it started off as a good thing of like, oh, this is God delivering us. But then they just looked to it as like, like it's God, like it was God. And so like so many of us, we can fall into the trap of being like, I'm giving my time to this ministry because I love God and I love his people. And then, we follow it down, down the road a couple a couple years later and we just feel like we're obligated to, or we feel like we have to because it keeps people like
1: happy. Satisfied.
0: Happy and they like us when we do that. Yeah. And so then it's like, dude, we lost the heartbeat of like why we why we worship. Sometimes people are like, oh, I'm just getting up on stage to play the guitar. It's like so much more than that. Mm. But it's like, but it, if I wasn't here, then they would struggle. And it's like well, it's, it's better than, for them to struggle than to have like an idol or for you to idolize your own mm-hmm. efforts and all this stuff. And so it's like, what is, what is your focus? Yeah. And then we ask the question, why God be the focus? Because he created all this stuff and he makes all this stuff and he's in control and he's the only one that can satisfy us reaching for all these desires. Like these things, volunteering feels so good or giving feels so good. Sacrificing whatever it is, whatever part of our life feels so good. But the only one who we can be a living sacrifice for is mm. gotta be Christ.
1: Yeah. And kind of along those lines, sometimes when we're volunteering and, you know, we're going through the motions, you're showing up and we're working, and um, even through the hard times where you don't want to be there and you still do it anyway, sometimes we can fall into a work-based salvation because like, you're working to say, oh, look, I'm a Christian and you can see it because I'm volunteering. Where, where we want it to be is not like I'm working for my salvation, but I'm working because I want to make you proud, God. Mm-hmm. I'm working because you gave me these talents, these abilities, and you gave me the strength to do these things to work, to volunteer or to go evangelize to the people Mm -hmm. for example when i was teaching in fifth and sixth to the fifth and sixth graders or when i preach right now sometimes it can feel like oh i have to show up and i have to watch a bunch of kids and i have to go yell at a bunch of like a bunch of teenagers but when it comes to the preaching part it's more of oh this is not a chore that I have to do and show up and get done with. This is something I get to do. This is mm-hmm. something that God placed me here to do for this season, at least. Okay. This, is a, this is an opportunity to strengthen myself and to express the things that God has put on my heart. So it's, it's no longer a job or works, but it's something that I want to do. It's something that I enjoy doing and it's something that fills me up instead of draining me all the time. Mm. And that's, I think, one of the advice I have to not burning out or to enjoying what you do is to look at your giftings, look at the work you're doing, or, and looking at your schedule too. You don't want to overload too many things at one time, volunteering mm-hmm. in every sector. And also learning how to say no to some people, mm-hmm. learning how to
0: manage your time
1: and to respect yourself.
0: yeah yeah go no totally because if you if you fall under the spell of you know the work works based everything like you come to a place where you're like if if i do more then my reward is greater in heaven And, and it's like if i do this then like god is extra proud or all this stuff but if you if you die in the process of like you are being a living sacrifice, but too sometimes like you don't want to spread yourself too thin, especially when, when they talk about burnout and things like that. Is, I mean, I'm no emotional or psychological expert or anything, but burnout is something you find so common and often at church, and like the and I as growing up as a kid, I was always like, nah, dude, if you get burnt out. Cause you focus on the wrong reasons. <laughs> I was literally like, yeah, if they get burnt out cause they're not real Christians, dude, <laughs> yeah. they're just a bunch of fakers. And that's why. And I don't, I, I probably don't really believe that still, but I do believe in the thing where it's like, if you're serving God wholeheartedly, then it's, it, it should be something that like is restoring your faith and is like building you up instead of burning you out. Right. Like, like, when you pour out for Christ when you serve God it should be something that's like fulfilling in your life and so it is a question of like if you really are dreading the things if you really do feel like every time you serve and do something that the life is getting sucked out of you then maybe you do need to take a step away and just reevaluate like what are my motivations what are my reasons because i mean and i can't say that for everybody and i know burnout is a real is a real thing especially when we get in the headspace of thinking like oh, i have to do this or I have to accomplish this or this needs to happen and like there are things that are important but there are also there is an emphasis on resting mm-hmm. <laughs> even in the bible so many places in the sabbath and all this stuff like there is there's a time where we need to get alone and We need to like, even Jesus had to prepare himself for the ministry that he had to do. Mm -hmm. And so if we aren't constantly being, if we aren't constantly being filled up in whatever way that looks like, then of course we're going to dry out or of course we're going to burn out. Of course, we're going to not have enough to pour out when things come our way. So it is like be consistently connected to the source. And that's just the, that's just daily Christian living. And the the service and all these things are what we're called to do, but that comes after we're filled. And filling, mm-hmm. as we know, not the Holy Spirit fill, filling, but like being filled, is a daily thing. Like we have to be constantly keeping in step with the Spirit. It's not like a, it's not like a one time. Oh, I prayed back in January, so now it's December, mm-hmm. and I'm fine because I prayed back then. It's like, no, dude, you should be in your word praying every day, picking up your cross, like all this stuff is to remain in Christ. And I had something else, but it kind of, kind of slipped my mind as I was thinking about that. But it really does, I think it just, I mean, everything. And this is every single podcast will come back to this. Mm-hmm. It's like, is Jesus Christ your number one? Is he your number one? Do you put him first? Do you read your word? Are you like, are you plugged in enough? Cause, you know, I me and just I can say whatever, but, I mean, I could be completely lying to you guys. And if you don't read your Bible, you wouldn't know. <laughs> That's the thing. But, like, yeah, if we if we aren't connected with with Christ, if we aren't, man, I had some idea. It was really good. I'll come back to it. Yeah. So I kind of want to go more,
1: more in depth about Sabbath right now. Because something that will help you to sustain yourself when volunteering in the church, when you're, Working, you're putting in hours, especially when you're not getting paid sometimes. Most times you don't get paid, but you have to take a rest. Even pastors take sabbatical and they go off for like a month. And in order to take rest, you have to break free from like distraction, break free from the work that you're doing. Um, In Genesis, okay. Okay, so, oh my gosh, I'm going to take this part out. Um, in Exodus 20, 11, it says, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is, sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. He rested on the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and, and hallowed it. Now, maybe my question, if I was younger, if if I was new to Christianity is why does God need to rest if he is Mm. all powerful you know omnipotent why does he need to rest does God get tired (laughs) isn't he outside of time is this man sleepy? I think my answer to that is that God doesn't really need rest but some of the things in the Bible that God does is just him doing it first for us to follow Mm. or him setting the example. It's not that God needs to rest, but he's doing that or the story is meant to show that we are me- meant to take a rest too. Hmm. Um, I like to go to the gym quite often. I, ha- I haven't been able to go to the gym for the past year because of college. But before that, I was excuses. A- I was a gym rat. A gym rat. And something that you learn if you're consistently going to the gym is that it's not healthy to like work out the same muscle every day like hardest thing because you're going to hit fatigue and if you keep on doing that if you keep on working out the same muscle every day to the point of failure then it's no longer beneficial but it's going to hurt you hmm. or it's going to be pointless cuz you need time to recover the muscle fibers or Whatever the lactic acid does, it <laughs> needs to rebuild in order for you to use it again and to get stronger. So if you consistently are overworking yourselves for months on end with, the, with no rest, you're going to burn out, you're going to hit fatigue, and you're going to get to the point where you don't want to volunteer at all, and you don't want to serve at church, You, and you're just kind of bitter, and you hate the place where, where you're at. Hmm. So in order to counteract that, you hit a different muscle. You hit, instead of hitting chest, you hit some legs. You work out those chicken legs. And i uh, I'm not talking Ooh. about you guys, just in general. <laughs> you work out something and you make it stronger. Hmm. Maybe if that's uh, reading your Bible more, doing more devotionals, or volunteering in a different spot, you can switch it up. You can work out a different body part, mm-hmm. or you can let another person do that job. We are all parts of the body. There's an eye, you know, there's a bunch of body parts. There's a bunch of people at church, and I'm sure at least one person can sub in, and you can can tag team it. You can Mm -hmm. do it in and out.
0: Yeah. In the wise words of Beyonce, don't you ever for a second get to thinking you're irreplaceable. You must not know about me. Is that Beyonce? Yes. Yes.
1: She worships the devil, doesn't she? Hey, whatever she does. As well as Taylor.
0: we'll we'll be praying for them be praying for them um yeah but yeah that's that's a really good point because i mean as much as i love um doing youth ministry Mm -hmm. it does get tiring because some days you're like i will become a living sacrifice
1: and it feels like I'm dying. And it,
0: and, and it feels like they absolutely hate me. Like, yeah. it's like you put in all your effort and you do all these things. And, and then, like, everyone's just like, you suck. And especially, the, like, all the people you want to, <laughs> and all the little kids that you want to impress and whatever, and you, like, spend all week writing a message for them. And then they're just, like, sleeping in front of you. And you're just yeah. like, dang, dude, I wish, <laughs> I wish I was more impressive or all these things. And you start to get down on yourself or or they want to, like, fight each other. And you're just like, dude, this feels hopeless. Like, it yeah. gets hard. And, like, the thing that I come back to, though, is still like, like okay, who, who am I serving in this? Like, am I, am I serving because I just want – um, them to like me and I just want my preaching to be really good and listened to and like no like it's got to come from the place of of and I think the whole body is centered around this and it's like what like what is Christ's desires and like if God if Jesus is the head and the body follows he's still like we still want to be completely in tune with him mm-hmm. and so I think with everything what comes to mind is that like like, Jesus doesn't wish that not a single person – wait, did I say the words right? He doesn't not – I don't know. It's a double knot. So I'm just going to say he really wants everyone yeah. to have eternal life. He desires that everyone would have eternal life and not a single one would perish. Yes, That's what I'm trying to say. And, and the thing is, when we align ourselves up with this idea, when we align ourselves up with that, and that's just one of all the things of, like, just his love and redemption and mercy. that They're all connected to this. But it's like, I have to remember that the reason I got into ministry, the reason I wanted to do ministry, is because I, I remember being a kid and I remember all the struggles and all the things. But the biggest thing is that I also desire that not a single kid would perish. Like, mm. whether you're a 12-year-old, like, and you maybe you have your whole life ahead of you still, there's still, like a possibility today could be our last day or tomorrow could be our last day. And like, whenever we reach eternity, when we, wherever we decide to stand in front of God, like the desire is that nobody should, nobody should perish. And so that's probably the same conviction. People who run onto the street corners feel they're like, I don't want any random stranger to go to hell. Like, I don't want this to happen. And like, maybe that's, why you do like whatever you do, like it would be so that people would en- encounter God so that they could also have eternal life. Like that's our great commission. Like that we would preach the gospel. We would share that. And what is that? That, that Jesus has come to save us from death. And like, so when you start thinking about that, then I get all hype and I'm like, okay, it doesn't matter. Like if these kids really hate me, I mean, not that anybody hates me, but if they're being disrespectful during service, if Mm -hmm. they look like they aren't paying attention, if it, if you try so hard to talk to somebody, but they only speak in jokes, like, like, what is it that's really going on? What are all these things? And then in time you start to see this change, this progress. And it's only, it's only by God's doing, but it's like, I'm glad that I got to be here. And I'm glad that I got to pour out what I could. But the thing is like, if we get burnt out, if we get tired, if we forget The alignment if we forget the whole point of why we're there then we start to make our messages negative or we start to speak negatively to these kids Mm -hmm. and like that happens for me where it's like um like on a hot streak of just being super filled up and then like i spend time away from my bible and i just like forget like the purpose and then when people talk to me i'm just negative to them and i'm pessimistic and all this stuff it's not good and it's it's because, like, well, I guess, why are we doing it again? And so I think when we're aligned with eh, – how many times we got to say this? When you're aligned with Christ, you're not going to go – it's not going to go wrong. Because what you have to do is also you have to uh, let it produce your actions. Let it be the source of your actions. And so, like, and the decisions you make, like, is it – am I doing this because I believe in <laughs> – jesus and what he's done and i want to share that with others or do we fall into the act of like this is going to make me righteous and holy in front of all these people and i want to look good and so that's why i'm going to do this thing and so i think we should seek actively seek god and let everything else follow and flow from that yeah
1: when i was hearing you talk about how oh oh, why am i doing all this work and sacrifice for people that hate me. I think that's how God probably looks at the earth or the Mm -hmm. world sometimes. We're like after time, after time, again and again, he pours out his love. He gives us so many chances and we just reject him. Mm -hmm. The Israelites, they get delivered from Egypt and then they complain and then they fall back into idols and then God sends a new generation, gives them more chances. They get to the um they get to the promised land, and then they set up idols in the promised land, and they fall again, and time after time after time he just keeps on giving us more chances. Then he sends Jesus, his one and only son, to die on the cross for us. And there's still people that hate him. Like mm-hmm. I pour, I gave you everything, every chance. And you still reject me like no wonder why god is like fervent on being a christian or not being a christian you're mm. either gonna be with me or you're gonna be in hell mm. because he really does give us so many chances but at the end of the day god is god is love but he is also a god of justice mm. and when you just keep on rejecting god you're gonna get what you want yeah and If what you want is a life without God, then he's going to give it to you. Mm -hmm. And that's not what I want. That's scary. (laughs) No. But I was also hearing you say about sometimes it's draining to volunteer or to volunteer with with people that don't exactly like you. That's why when you pick a volunteer job, when you do something for the ministry, make sure it's a calling. Make sure it's something that God put on your heart. Mm. Because if it's not something that you and God both desire for yourself, then you're inevitably going to burn out. You're not going to want to do it anymore because you can't just run off of your own will. It needs to run off of the spirit. The spirit is what energizes you to keep on doing the things that that get hard, the things that get difficult. That's why I will never take a job at the church just for money Mm. because I will burn out. I will end up not liking it anymore. And you can't just, you can't just quit. Like, you can't just quit on the job, especially at church. <laughs> it's, it's a really hard thing to do. When you do have those situations, those opportunities, pray about it. Make sure it's something you actually want to do. I do have a story about that, but I can't share it. <laughs> but make sure your heart is aligned with God even before volunteering. And maybe have a heart check a couple months later when you're still volunteering. Because things change. You don't always volunteer at the same place. And sometimes God calls you to different locations and ministries. But I'm not sure what what I was just saying. But Mm -hmm. before I was talking about rest, and now I'm talking about intentions of serving.
0: Hmm. Intentions are everything. Literally. And God calls so many. Jesus, while he's walking the earth, is calling so many people out on that. Especially the Pharisees. And I mean... That was all last week's podcast, but Mm -hmm. it really was about like, where, you know, wherever your treasure is, your, or wherever your heart is, there your treasures will, or wherever your treasures are, there your heart will be also. Yes. What are you so fixated on? And what are you so like, hmm, so obsessed with that you would give your whole life to it? Because we are giving our life to something if it's not God it's something else and so we are we are always working towards something we're always moving towards something and you can say like oh i'm lazy and i lay in my bed every day you're still working towards something mm-hmm. like and it's obviously not a good thing if you're just doing nothing because in inaction is still an act an action mm-hmm. whether it's good for you or not and so like just in our motivations and our our reasoning, we need to believe that Jesus had died for us and Jesus has forgiven us. And I think I really want to highlight on that because we say it so nonchalantly because it's what we have known. But like when you think about it, like if somebody were to hit me, I would be able to forgive them. And then how I treat them after, should be based on that forgiveness. Mm. And so when we talk about sins and stuff it's like these these sins are against the creator of the universe. Like this is Yeah. It's no joke. And the creator of the universe who knows better has set up these rules and things And not to do because he is the creator of the universe and he knows how every single thing works. And when we sin against him in that, he has this crazy punishment of not being with him. It's death. And he has life. And he said, even though you're still sinners, even though you still mess up, and even though you're still doing all these things and you haven't even repented and you haven't even said sorry, i'm going to die for your sins so that when you do decide you can be saved and i'm going straight for the gospel because like if we don't let that move us if we don't let this idea of like oh redemption or oh you're even though we're we're, we can do the worst things and we can think the worst things like god has a purpose and has this like love for us that regardless of what you feel and what you've done and what negative thoughts you have, even towards yourself, even if you sin against your own body, like you're still sinning against God. Like Mm -hmm. even the things where we've messed up on ourselves and we even hate ourselves for it. God says, Hey, I, I love you. Not because you have done this thing, but because I've created you and I know you. And I know all the workings of the universe and all these things that go so much deeper and, and more in depth than we could ever imagine. And like, we have to understand how important that is that like
1: mm-hmm.
0: that we would choose to not live for ourselves but live for this guy that that back to the living sacrifice thing that we would live our lives like dead men and what do dead men do they don't care about
1: mm-hmm. anything a, a basically
0: yeah and so like if if we are a, a living sacrifice then we should live as if our life is no, has no longer like affects. I don't know how it says it, but in the Bible it says like, like kind of be filled with the spirit and not (laughs) wine, but kind of like that. Like, like we're not drunk. And like, even, even in um, when all the guys start speaking in tongues and whatever Mm -hmm. in acts, it's like, they're like, are these guys drunk? He's like, no dude, it's barely the afternoon. And it's because they have this, like, flow or this like this like freedom almost just like the not caringness Mm -hmm. and it's not that they don't care but they care about something so much greater and that is the thing is like god cares about you so much that you should not have to worry you should not have to be afraid you should not have to like feel fear or anxiety of men or not men but of just man and the world and the crushing weight of the, or, or storms or anything like yeah. Jesus isn't intimidated by any of the, any of these things and if you let your heart align with God's and if you follow him and if you if you serve him and if you believe in him then you shouldn't be afraid of these things either and that's like like in the boat when Jesus calms the storm he turns to the disciples and he's like dude do you guys not have faith like do you not believe that like the wind and the waves submit to me like he like looks at them he's like are you guys crazy like this isn't scary this isn't a thing because he's god he's like the mm-hmm. creator and i think in the same way it's like it's like it's not just that i was reading in luke oh do i want to find it do i want to flip for it okay i'll i'll flip for it it's with i think it's with mary but it's jesus jesus is sitting alone or uh, Jesus is sitting with a Pharisee, and he... Nicodemus? No, his name's Simon, I think. And he's sitting with him, and they're just chilling. And this lady comes in, and she just starts anointing Jesus' feet. And she's crying, and she's, oh. she's like kissing his feet and yeah. wiping his um, feet with her hair and all this stuff. And basically, he says... Is that the one with the oil? Yeah, he says... Um, let me see. Sorry, one second. Is that the one where Judas was like, knock it off? <laughs> Wait, what? Knock it off? Yeah, yeah, or... No, that's a different one. Let me see where it is. I have it on my phone. I just... I read on the Bible app. Sorry, guys. So... I have my hardcover Bible and I think I'm all cool and stuff, but I just love the regular. I just love the convenience of staring at my phone. But it's basically he says her, she had a lot of sins, so she had been forgiven a lot. And so it hits, it hits heavy for her. But for those who have a little bit of sins and they're forgiven a little bit, like it's not as, it's not as heavy. It's not as big of an impact. And like now it's not working. But it's all to say, like, I don't know, when you realize (laughs) when you realize just the impact of God's grace, or when we're aware, when we're conscious and aware of our own sins, we see God so much greater. Like Mm -hmm. if you walk around and you're like, I'm not a bad person then when somebody says, hey, Jesus died for your sins, you're like, that's cool. I didn't have any in the first place. Mm. <laughs> and that's what kind of gets me upset because like, we get so blinded by this world because the devil is the prince of the air. like, Everything is just so blinding and misleading to us that we get misled that what we're doing is wrong. And if we don't have the humility to admit like, that we have done wrong things, then we just like, we just go around thinking that our lives are not, we, we go around thinking that our lives are, are our own and that Jesus didn't do anything impactful or important. And so people write Jesus off like that and be like, okay, whatever, like, nobody's perfect and yet they're so quick to judge other people, but Jesus says, even judging is. A sin. And so, I mean, I it comes back to this. I don't know where it is. It comes back to this idea of like I don't even know how I even started this tangent, but it was something along the lines of just I wanted to emphasize how important it is to see Jesus for all that he has done. Mm-hmm. Like for everything that he has done. And whether it is just oh he freed, oh he forgave me of my sins. But well, like he also is a uh The prince of peace and he Mm -hmm. brings comfort and he brings strength in times when we need it and like yeah as as when you begin to believe that more when you begin to receive that understanding more you're like dang like that's really that's really like that guy that's really what he did for me and that's what he's doing for me every single day and so I would just say, like, don't get distracted by the ways of this world. It's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to get misled by your emotions, by your feelings, by the things that, like, whatever wants to take you away that's prying for your attention. There's so many things. And yet if we keep diluting, like, the grace and the work and the power of God, then we're, I don't know. We're, we're basically, we're, we're killing ourselves. We're drowning ourselves.
1: Okay, I want you to read Colossians 3.23 or 22 as well. It says, okay, 23 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. And the verse of four says, slaves obey your earthly masters and everything, not only to please them while they're watching, but with sincerity of heart and fear of the Lord. And then like whatever you do, do it as you're working for the Lord. When it's talking about slaves over here, it's not talking about like american slavery where you're you're getting i don't you know what i mean yeah it's more of a servant it's more of a maid or a butler working for um the boss working for whoever owns the house or mansion and the reason why um like god is our master and we serve him he, cuz he's a good master he treats us well Not only does he treat us well, but he sent his only son to die for us. So not only does he take care of us, but he loves us as well. And this part kind of tricks me up sometimes when it says, Obey your earthly masters and everything, not only to please them while they're watching. Uh, I don't want to use that as a way for people to have you submit to abuse or submit to anything illegal or anything that's too... Um, cultish. Mm-hmm. But when I hear that, I just think work hard even when you don't like it, even when people aren't appreciating you. Do it for the Lord. Do it mm-hmm. like you're working for the Lord. It doesn't mean you have to stay there your whole life or you have to continue to put up with it all the time. But work hard and don't slack off just because you don't like it. But also, keep in mind that um you don't want to <laughs> it's kind of you don't want to work like a slave, but you want to obey God that doesn't make any <laughs> sense but work hard without getting abused
0: indeed <laughs> it is a tough one if you want to come from a place of love, but people can. People can take your love and take it for granted, take it for granted, thinking that they deserve whatever you're doing to them. But in reality, you're doing it because you love the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where to fall along on those lines because a part of me is like, yes, dude, I worship, I worship God. So even if I give to somebody and they think that it was that they deserved it. I know my father in heaven sees me and he sees what I'm doing and that I'm doing it for him. And I don't want to martyr myself out by being like, Oh man, look at how hard I'm working and look at how I'm being treated. But I want to be like, God, I honor you because you died on the cross for me when I have done all this,
1: Mm -hmm. when I have
0: been entitled. Cause we're, we crucified Jesus every time we, sin again it's like we put him back up on the cross if we don't think that if we like go away from thinking that he died if we live our life just taking his gift of freedom for granted by continuing to keep sinning like if you now know that he's died for your sins don't keep sinning Mm -hmm. but try to be like him now and the thing is sometimes we go back to that and all this stuff and like Jesus back on the cross, having to die for us all over again. And don't let, don't let them abuse your love. But I I it's interesting. It's interesting. Because I don't know how to. Well. Sort of. It's so confusing. Don't I, let You have to have a healthy balance. You have to have a healthy balance. Like if. Uh,
1: no, that is a really hard one because some pastors do abuse their power, or not just pastors, but leaders that are in charge abuse their power mm-hmm. in order to uh, control you, in order to make you stay and not find something healthier to go to. Mm-hmm. And uh,
0: in and, my yeah. Uh, yeah. Keep going.
1: I don't even know. In my mind, I don't want anyone to be hurt. Yeah, And I don't want anyone to submit to anyone that is abusive or is not a good leader. And I would personally, I would suggest find someone better. And I, uh, maybe well, I'm just taking it out of context or misinterpreting it, but I don't think the Bible excuses abuse and manipulation.
0: No, definitely not. Cause what is it? It's, it even says like Matthew 23, where, Jesus is like, they, the Pharisees and the leaders of the synagogue, they have all these heavy things, but they tell everyone else to carry it for them. Yeah. But even the same with sometimes even like pastors, vice versa, like they get abused by the congregation. Mm. Congregation is like, hey, do this for us, do these things, do this. It's like, yeah. bro, you can pray for yourself. You know that, right? <laughs> and then mm-hmm. sometimes they just take for granted that everybody's human too. And who knows how this affects mentally and, and things like that, but I don't know how to find that balance now that I, think about <laughs> it. I'm trying really hard. I mean, what I would say is use your discernment of God and, you know, he gives you rest and all this stuff and he's the Lord. And if something doesn't sit right with your soul, especially when you're, are spending so much time with God and you're close, like he'll give you the words, he'll give you the comfort, he'll give you the peace in order to work things out. But also don't take don't take everything alone. Like the disciples when they went out, they went out mm-hmm. in pairs of twos, like don't don't go trying to save the world by yourself because Jesus is the one who saved the world. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to need him. And if we are a body, going back to the whole body analogy, like you're not built for every single occasion and everything to do. So don't put it on your shoulders to do every single thing and to solve every single problem because that's God's job and your job in being in being a part of the body is to, you know, serve where you can serve. But, And I'm not talking about just in the church, but I mean, like, you see somebody fall over on the side of the road, they'll just be like, oh. These guys, they're so demanding and they're just going to take, mm-hmm. take abuse of my, or they're just going to abuse my generosity. Like, no, like if you see somebody fall over, pick them up. Yeah. <laughs> like if you see somebody drowning, like save them. I mean, unless you can't swim, but that's, that goes back to the thing. Like, are you capable of doing what? Mm, are you capable yeah. of doing this, solving whatever situation is in front of you? And if you're not, like maybe all you have to do is go out and ask somebody for help. Maybe what, all you have to do is go out and pray. Or pray for somebody. Like, I know we're wrapping up, but like I, I when I was younger, I used to be like, oh my gosh, it's so ridiculous. Like a place would have problems and then people would post on their Instagram and they'd be like, pray for blah, blah, blah. Pray for this. Mm-hmm. Pray, pray for this. And then I would see other things where it's like, dude, what? Don't pray. Like, just give us some money. Like, do something. I'm like, dude, prayer is the most powerful thing. And. I know where I'm trying to go. I don't know if I have enough time to get there, but I just want to say that like, if you agree with all this stuff, like you agree God is the best and you're part of the body and everything. And the thing is the body still relies on Christ, still relies on the work that God did on on the cross. And so in every situation, we still have to continue to rely on Him and not our own strength. And so if things ever get shady, if things ever get hard, if things ever get difficult, if you ever feel like you're drowning, if you ever feel like you're weary, if you mm-hmm. ever feel like you don't have enough, if you ever feel like whatever it might be, if you don't know what, how to serve, if you don't know where to serve, if you want to serve, but you feel like you're in the wrong place. And if whatever it is, if you feel like you're not doing enough, like you can always come back to the same thing, which is God. Because he's the one mm-hmm. who set it all in order. And he's the one who has all the ideas and has the perfect plan for everything. Yeah.
1: Everywhere. Well put. <laughs> so I guess a recap of what we went over. We you know it's all over the place. So when you're volunteering and you're kind of stuck or you're in that mode of you want to quit, take these advice of take some rest, take a Sabbath, take a step back. Um kind of look look at your surroundings, look at your not only the surroundings of your environment and what's going on with leaders and the volunteers, but look on the inside too. Why are you volunteering? Why do you want to stay there? Is God really calling, calling you to that place? Or what are you learning? Sometimes you go through things that are tough to learn a lesson, whether that's for the future or just to treat people better and to see how God sees things. And to learn how to say no. I know we didn't go more in depth about that but learn how to say no and stand up for yourself and not not be guilted into volunteering or to serving or into doing anything because you want to come at it with a good heart that is like renewed by the holy spirit not renewed out of guilt and out of um servitude to a man just because they're uh, just because there's a lack of help
0: anything else <laughs> no that's amazing but i do think we we can flesh this out
1: to another episode think you can definitely go longer as always <laughs> but i'll pray dear god thank you for today thank you for all our words i pray that you just <laughs> interpret it for us to the uh to the listener and just pray over the listener that if, if you're a volunteer at church or if you want to volunteer at church that um this advice this conversation would be helpful to them and to their development and that overall that they would just show your love your truth your who you are to other people not because they're demanded to but because they love you and they want to show it jesus name pray amen amen on the why god, god podcast, podcast.